You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Thomas. I'm here with the head coach of the Howell Highlanders, Quinn Gersey. Did I say it right? You did not. Ah, <laughs> it's okay. You're going to have to edit that. <laughs> How do you say your last name? Say we, you know, Gersey. I think you. I think you flipped the S and the N around. I did. I did. I am so sorry. Okay, no Uh, worries. I'm terrible at names, but I'll just call you Quinn for now. Is that that'll work? That'll work. (laughs) So uh, me and Quinn, you know, guys, probably don't you know podcasts and everything else. We're doing interviews. You're doing your kind of your prep work, and we kind of talked about how we first met. And actually, me and Quinn were freestyle referees almost 20 years ago. which is kind of kind of sad. We're getting old now, but um, <laughs> we roughed at a lot of the same tournaments, and I roughed with a lot of his teammates. And Cohen's from uh, Brooklyn, Columbia Central, and there was a lot of good guys on that team. Tommy Heater's one that pops up to my head, uh, of course, you and everything else. But um, great to have you here. And we've been—I mean, it, it's kind of weird how wrestling has all this connection. So um, his wife Julia and her sister—I know them because they went to Fatherville, and I used to do freestyle Fridays and referee and all that stuff. So we all kind of hung out in this whole, like, uh, you know, referee, um, Matt Perriers, et cetera. So it's just, it's just weird. I consider like Julia and Sarah kind of like my extended sisters on the wrestling world. So uh small world, in fact. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, there's, yeah, there are plenty of people who, who, you know, know in the wrestling world who know my wife that don't know me, you know, and, you know, <laughs> and, and it's all, Yes. One big happy family. Yes. The Spaldings are great people. They're they are amazing people. So, um, and now we're going to talk about you. So tell me how you got involved in the sport of wrestling. Um, so I got, I got involved very young. Um, my, my, I, I, I was basically born into it. Um, my dad, um, was the head coach at Columbus central since 1985. Um, he took a couple of years off when I first started coaching, but basically until about 2016, um, he was the head coach there. Um, so I grew up with it, right? Like I grew up going to tournaments, going uh, to watch the high school team with my dad. There are, there are pictures of me when I'm, you know, this blonde haired three-year-old kid, like <laughs> running around on a mat with, you know, before they're about to, before they're about to do like finals introductions and I'm just running around the mat. And, um, so I will, I had always been around it. Um, the, the big difference though, um, is I was terrible. I was really bad at, at the actual like wrestling part of it. Um, people would tell stories of me when I was six or seven at practice and I, I didn't want to practice. I'd sit in the corner and read a book. Um, <laughs> I'd only go to like, I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. That's like legitimate stories. Um, I'd only go to one tournament a year. I'd usually only go to the Columbia central tournament which was opening weekend. Um, and I'd get, I'd get, you know, I'd go zero and two and I'd get knocked out and I wouldn't even care. Um, and you know, there was, there were the, the other dads in the group kind of seek, not, not to my face. I mean, they told me this later when, when I got older and it was funny, but they would talk about how like, Oh, we, we would talk off to the side about how bad we felt for, for Ron um, because Quinn was so bad and was never going to be good. Um, and so, oh, oh yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, it was not, I, I'm not one of those, you know, phenoms. So, um, 
that was kind of my experience for, for a number of years. Um, until, until I hit middle school, um, and middle school, I think, I think a few things happened at once that, that made all of a sudden wrestling become a lot more important to me. And I started caring a lot more. Um, one, it, we switched from freestyle to folk style. Um, and even to this day, I'm not, I'm not good at freestyle. Um, you know, when my, I have wrestlers on my team now who say, Hey, can I do freestyle in the off season? I'm like, yeah, you can go do that at Fowlerville. Like they'll coach you, <laughs> go to their practices. Like I'm not t- trying to teach you freestyle. Um, cause I'm not good at it. Um, and so that helped a lot. And then getting a whole bunch of kids cause, cause this was back when you, you know, my way wasn't a thing yet. Um, right. and so you would have a lot more kids, um, coming out for the first time in middle school. Right. And then compared to those kids, I'm, I'm way better than them. You know, I'm, I'm struggling against all these other kids who've been wrestling freestyle since they were five and six, mm-hmm. but not not first year kids i'll beat up them all day so (laughs) um yeah in seventh and eighth grade uh i started having a lot more success i started taking it a lot more seriously i'd practice a lot more often um i'd go to more tournaments um i still wasn't like good good you know and again it happened the switch would happen when we have to off season we got to go to freestyle right and we'd switch to freestyle and all of a sudden the stuff that i would do in high school the roly countery things that i would do in folk style that would work great well in freestyle would all be two and two right? right and and it just wasn't um my style wasn't conducive to that so um yeah so that was kind of up through middle school and then um and then i get to high school um and i joined a pretty good team in in when i was in eighth grade we had lost to williamston in the regional final um, and that was, you know, Williamston, that was 1999. So they won a, the team state title that year. That's Nick and Andy and PJ Mitchell at the height of their powers right. uh, of just being really good. Um, and we lost to them by three points in the regional final, my eighth grade year. And then my freshman year, um, we beat them by three points in the regional final. Um, super, super close <laughs> to right. um, Like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. It was in their gym. They were the returning state champs. Um, yeah. Um, but I didn't have a big role on that team. I was a, I was a role guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I only had about 20 varsity matches. I was right around 500. All of my wins were against kids who were terrible, and all of my losses were against kids who were really good um, because right. I just got, I got slipped in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still – it was a great experience, you know, making it to team states. You know, I always um, – I tell kids, you know, the march at when, when you're when you're at the end of the year and you're getting to do all those grand marches. Um, personally, I always think the team state march, like having participated in both of them, the team state march is cooler when you're there with your whole team and your whole community is behind you. That's awesome. That's that, that's the coolest thing that, that gets to happen in the sport. Don't get me wrong. The individual state finals march is cool because you like when, you know, they say the best the best guys in the state of Michigan, like they mean it. But right. it, I, there's something different about that. That team finals one um, that hits different. Um, but I don't know. That's just that's my opinion. But so so we do that my freshman year. It was great. Sophomore and junior year. Um, you know, I get I, I get better as you know, people do, I'm, I'm going to some camps in the summer, um, doing a lot of open room stuff. 
um, and improving my junior year. Uh, I qualified for States, um, but didn't, didn't place lost to the runner up Casey Hullaberger from Williamston. That was yeah. going to have been when he was going for his second one, but right. he didn't win it because he was in the same bracket as um, Travis Picard. Mm-hmm. But um, I lost to him in a close match. Like I had the lead at the start of the third period. Um, and then he put me to my back and, and, and ended up pinning me um, with about a minute left. But, and then and I lost another close match to the kid who ended up taking like fifth. Um, mm-hmm. So junior year kind of ended disappointingly. I always, always had the goal that I wanted to, at, at my school, we placed, um, if, if you place top four in wrestling, they would put your, your, your name got to be on a banner in the gym. That's cool. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was, it wasn't top eight. You had to play. It was based right. on a percentage. It was like first team in football, top four in, in wrestling and track and, and other sports right. like that. Um, and you get a little banner. And so, and I had always wanted that banner, like my whole um, junior and senior years when I'd be running laps in the gym to be making weight, like I'd look up at the spot on the wall where my banner was going to be. Right. Um, like for hours, right? Because I'm I'm mm-hmm. cutting weight, and you know that's you know that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and so, um, so my senior year, I kind of went in with that goal. Like I'm, I will take top four. Like I'm, I'm I have to. I want that's that's where my banner's going. I got to take top four. Um, and um, I had I had a good year. Like I was I was at 152. I I took a couple losses, bumped up at um at at a tournament in in um like the second weekend of the year at jaws yep. um, and then i didn't lose again for for a long time I, and i rattled off some good wins there and the, the other thing i um i mean this you probably remember this because i, I would have looked this way when i ref too i had i had long hair like <laughs> really really uncanny wait before it was cool way before it was right. cool like now everyone's got the justin bieber long hair um but yes, like yes. not me though no, no, not you, not you, and that's fine. But um, <laughs> yeah, it. I'd have I'd have these crazy long, long flowing locks, unruly curly hair um, that I have to wear my hairnet for. Um, and I, that had some funny. I remember, you know, um, my mom told a story of we're at we're at we're in Otsego for the regional finals, um, and I have a kid from Otsego, Rob Greenwich, um, in the finals. Um, like we're both, our, we're each of our sides, district champs. We, we, it, we're kind of on a collision course, right? Like we know we're better than everyone else in the bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we should meet in the finals. And so all day long while I'm in this gym, like I'm hearing it from all these, the, the trainer, like I'm just taping my wrist up and they're like, what, what way do you add? I'm 52. And they're like, Oh, you'll get to wrestle Robbie. And so all like, and, and like, you know, this, this, so anyway, I get to him in the finals and I hear my mom, tells a story of overhearing some Otsego parents talking um, that, that Robbie has a girl in the finals. Um, <laughs> Cause apparently I look like a girl, even though like, I'm, I don't look like a girl. Like I know I had like longer hair, but like, right. I'm not built like a girl, but the, 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 they were like, yeah, he's got a girl in the finals. And, and then the other parents like, yeah, but like, do you watch her? She's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I ended up having him in the finals and, and um, I ended up winning that match. He, he kind of, we, we, 
we both had these big move things and he went for kind of his, his tie and his throw in the first, in the first 20 seconds or so and, and didn't get it. Like I fought out of it and he didn't even, we were still on our feet. And then like, it was like, all right, my turn to try my throw. And I launched him and it was tight. And I, I, I pinned him pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say 30-second Anyway, so I go to States um, and I had Casey Stefan from Flat Rock in my bracket, who was kind of the favorite. He would have been that year. He would have been the returning champ. And I think he also had like a, a third in there when, when he was in the same weight as Andy Simmons. Yeah. Um, so he's tough. He's, he's tough. And um, another coach's kid. And, and it's kind of the same. I, I got caught a little bit looking ahead in the bracket. Um, cause I, I mean, st- stylistically he was better than me and I knew he was better than me, but the way I wrestled, I had this, I, I was very counter and very big move, um, focused. Right. And I had this head mentality of, I don't care if you're better than me. Like I can pin anybody and, and you, yeah, you're better at wrestling. And if we wrestle 10 times, you'll win more than more than one or two, but we're not going to wrestle 10 times. We're going to wrestle one time. And if I catch you one time in one of my tons of, you know, looking back junk countery moves, mm-hmm. I pin you. So, so, but I got caught looking ahead in the bracket and ended up losing a match. I probably shouldn't have uh, in the quarterfinals to a kid. Um, Chris Quimby from Emily city. Um, and then, I, so then I dropped down, um, you know, have, have not a ton of time to refocus. Right. Um, almost lose to some kid from Chesney. I can't remember his name. He was a freshman and he went on to be really good. But I almost lose to him in the blood round. Like it went into overtime. Um, and that might've been, I, I didn't wrestle well. My head wasn't in it, but kind of after that match, um, I, I turned it back on. Um, and wrestled all the way back to take third. I had actually had the, the kid who knocked me down. I got him again in the third, fourth match. Huh. Um, so on Friday when we wrestled, he beat me eight to seven. Um, and then on Saturday when we wrestled again, I think I beat him 12 to three or 13. To th- I major, I majored him. I know I majored him. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it wasn't close. I had him on, I put him on his back twice. It was, it was, there was a gap there on the second match, but um, so I, I, I ended with, you know, my, my goal of, of taking third or of, you know, placing in the top four and getting my, my banner up there. Right. Um, I would have liked to make it in the finals, but you know, stuff happens. Yeah. But I mean, at least you got to accomplish your goal. And I always tell people all the time, like in the, it's hard to beat a person twice in the same tournament. It just, it just is, especially with the short turnaround. You know, we're, we're talking about uh, close to a day, sometimes two days before you see that guy again. Like, that's just not a lot of time to put together a new game plan to beat somebody. So, right. Uh, right. So it, it, that that's great. Did you end up wrestling in college? I did. So I um I didn't do a lot of research. I should have. Um, but my I, I went to MSU, walked on um, there. Um, that was when Coach Minkle was still there and Coach Chandler. And even that was coach Dean's or uh, Dave Dean's last, last year as an assistant there. Um, and so I walked onto the team, but I, I mean, realistically, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't a big 10 caliber wrestler. I, I, you know, I, I was the worst kid in, in the room um, kind of by a, a long shot. Um, 
but you know, it was still a good experience. I got to, to learn a lot. Um, you know, the importance of film study and, and, and I contributed to things there, right? Like I was, even though I wasn't like a starter or, or, you know, even I, I could do things and, and, you know, was kind of took my mentality of being like, all right, well, what can I do to make the team a little better? Um, but so I went to, to MSU for two years. Um, and then I ended up transferring, um, to Eastern, mm-hmm. um, for, um, for a couple different reasons, mostly academic stuff. Um, I had, I had made some bad choices with the classes I took and my GPA suffered and, in, and I wasn't going to be able to get into the college of edit at MSU. Um, I mean, right. I had a, an advisor straight up tell me like, you're not, no, you're not going to get into the college of ed here. So I transferred to Eastern, um, which is nice. Get to reset the GPA, right. um, walk onto their team. Um, and at, at, I, you know, I said, I wasn't a big 10 caliber wrestler. I, I was at least, you know, a decent Mac caliber wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I ended up being the starter, um, for them that year. And, you know, I didn't have a great record, but could hold my own, um, against, against, you know, good kids. Um, and got some wins and ended up getting to go to um, the MAC championships that year. And I think I, I placed fourth when we needed to place top two to get mm-hmm. to, to get to go to NCAAs. Um, but so competed for two more years at Eastern. Um, and then I still had one more year of eligibility. Um, but at that point I kind of decided I, I don't, I don't love wrestling anymore. You know, I had, I had met Julia um and we were kind of, you know, I was just in a different place in my life that I'm like, I don't really, I don't want to compete anymore. Um, I was having trouble, like the, the young kids coming up were better than me, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I, I would get to beat them the first couple of weeks of the season when they didn't know all my tricks. Um, and then they'd, they'd figure out all my tricks. And then I just became, you know, this old man who's having to watch his weight to be the the backup and the third string. And I didn't want to do that anymore. Right. So I, I you know, uh, kind of, put that word out. I, I talked to my dad about it and kind of mentioned like, Hey, I'm, I, I don't think I want to wrestle this year. I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to start student teaching. Um, I, I probably want to like find a team I can help out. And um, my dad said, all right, let me, let me, you know, let me help you do that. Let me reach out to some people. And he must've reached out to Scott Mary at Hudson, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, called Casey Randolph, who was at Canton at the time. Right. Um, and Casey called me up and said, Hey, do you want to come, um, be an assistant coach at Canton? And, uh, and I said, yeah. So that was the, that was probably 2007. Mm-hmm. I, I go to Canton and, and kind of transition from competing to coaching. Well, gosh, you know, I think about your story as the small town kid, the coach's son, you know, achieving your goal in high school, and then you got to wrestle at both the Big Ten and MAC level, at the collegiate level, and having the those opportunities, those experiences, are, probably have served you pretty well. And then transitioning from, you know, you get your teaching degree, and now you're coaching at Canton. How'd you end up at Plymouth? So, um, so I was only I was only at Canton for the for the one year um, that we that I was there, and it was a good it was a good um, it was a good experience because I got to coach with a whole bunch of really good coaches. Um, I mean, Casey was there. Dave Beasley um, was helping out there. Um, and 
and we had a good, we had a good year. We went to team States that year. Um, and, uh, at the end of the season, um, but actually at the end of the, like at the end of the school year, um, Casey calls me one day and is like, Hey, uh, the job, the job just got opened up at Plymouth. Um, which is if, if people are not familiar with the Plymouth Canton, uh, school district, um, there are, there are three high schools, Plymouth Canton and Salem that are all on one campus. Um, and there's a whole lot of unique stuff with, with, um, how students end up at which schools they basically are randomly assigned. There's not, there's not lines in the ground. Like you see in other, you know, multi-district schools, like at Livonia, where if you live, you know, on the South side of Livonia, you go to Franklin, if you live in the North side, you go to, um, Stevenson. There's, there's not that at Plymouth. It's all, um, random. So, um, they've done some other weird things with, with to kind of cut down on costs that there were, instead of athletic directors for each high school, they, they've switched. Now they have athletic directors at each high school, but at that time they had athletic directors like for sports. So the same athletic director for wrestling at Canton was also the athletic director for wrestling at Plymouth. Uh-huh. And um, Casey kind of called me and, and, and said, Hey, you know, um, if, if he, he, it was, it, I was in a, in a unique position that I was the only assistant on his staff that wanted to be a head coach one day. Um, right. All the other guys had either already been one or, you know, had decided they didn't want to, that to, to, to do that. Um, so I was the, the only one on his staff who wanted to, and he kind of offered, he said, Hey, you know, you can, you can stay and, and um, you can stay here with us at, at Canton and, and it'll be fine. And um, this was also around the time that he was kind of exploring leaving to go to some other places. Um, Cause he'll actually, he actually left to go to Tecumseh a couple weeks after that mm-hmm. um but he asked he kind of said hey this is a chance to go to have have a have a team you know and that doesn't always come up very often where you get to have your own team um and and said hey do you want it i'll put in a good word for you um and, and you'll probably have a good shot of getting it so um so i applied you know and, and interviewed and and got the job um in august of 2008 i was <laughs> 22 years old and get hired as the head coach at a D one school, um, which was way too young. <laughs> like looking back, I don't know what they were thinking. Um, I made, I made so many mistakes, but um, it, you know, they thought they, they thought I was the best man for the job. And um, I kind of had this mentality at Plymouth. Plymouth was a unique situation because the school had only had their first graduating class in 2006. It was a brand new high school. Wow. Um, the first senior class was 2006. Um, when I came there in 2008, um, you know, they, I was their third head coach. Um, they had had Sam Amin hmm. um, before he went to Brighton, and then they had Jay Helm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I was, I was now their third coach. Um, right. And they – um, when, when I got there, I had to build, I had to, I had to build an entire culture. There was, there's no history. There's no, um, like idea of what expectations should be. Right. Um, these mm-hmm. guys didn't understand what like being good was. And they, they, um, we had had in, in, in the years before I got there, there had been three state qualifiers in school history. Only right. one of them had ever won a match. Um, 
And, you know, I had to, I had to kind of start from the beginning of trying to get these guys to understand. I, I remember in my interview, you know, um, one of the questions they asked, asked something about like, you know, how will you compete with teams that have legacies of winning? And, the, and they spent, said like Canton. And I replied, I was like, Canton doesn't have a legacy of winning. Canton's been good for the last couple of years. I go, legacies of winning are, are, are Bedford and, and, you know, these schools that just rattle off team district titles over and over and over. Yeah. Your holds, your D your CC. Right. Like those are your, those are your, your teams that like that, that, and, 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 and I was, and, and the kind of, I use that to say like, you know, that's, uh, that's what I'd like to have one day is get to that point where it's like, you know, the goal isn't win a team district title. That's the expectation. Right. right? That that's the normal. Right. Um, and so, so I start trying to build that culture. Um, I had to do one of the, one of the nice things about getting to start over fresh um, is w- once we started to get better, um, I could kind of assume that any, any single season statistical records or things like that, that my, that my guys were setting were probably the school records. Um, I keep track of, how many takedowns you had in the season escapes near falls. And, and after a few years, um, you know, I compiled top 10 and top t- top 10 single season and top five career records for all of that stuff. Um, and we put them up in the room. They're still, they're still up there, um, you know, and creating different places to acknowledge guys who had career wins and, and, and things like that, because, you know, it, it's hard to, if you, if you're trying to find, not everyone gets to get their spot on the wall for being a state placer or something like that. Right. Um, but you can, uh, other goals can be attainable. You can look up and see that, that record, you know, the, the seventh or eighth spot for takedowns in a season and be like, I think I can get, I can get my name up there, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I do that and I start trying to build and, and over my time at Plymouth, we, we slowly, improved um had first had some individual success um and then you know was able to to build that into some team success kind of culminating in my 2014 year um when we went 32 and 3 i think and um made it to the the team state finals which is an amazing accomplishment, given everything you've talked about the history of that program and that school. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, and, and well, and it was the ironic one of the one of the ironic things about that that run was in in the team regional final that we, we beat Bedford, right? The team that I had mentioned in in my interview, you know, eight years earlier, saying or uh, six years earlier, saying like that's the that's the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who we had in the, in the team regional final. Um, and, and I knew we were going to have a good team. I had talked about it at the beginning of the year. Um, like I still have a, I, it's, you know, Google saves everything. So there's like a Google chat <laughs> screen of me sending a message to my, my old assistant coach, um, like in October where all it says is I, I, I just type a message. I go, I think we can be Bedford. Um, and he replies back. He's like, no, we can't. And he's like, there's no way They're, I mean, they're, they're what they are. And I was like, no, I think we can beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so like with that year, I had a special group of seniors that year, um, guys who had been in the program for years and kind of um, bought in, <laughs> bought in very much bought in were, were, it was, I mean, it was, I, and, and, and understood their role, right. One of my big things about coaching um, is, is, you know, we're, unless we're really lucky, right. Unless we're Davison or DCC or Lowell or Dundee, we don't have a state champ at every weight or a state champ contender at every weight. Right. Mm -hmm. Like most of us have some, some, you know, hopefully you have a couple guys who are, who are state placers. And especially if you're going to have a good team, right. Mm -hmm. You need to have a couple state placers, um, maybe a couple more qualifiers. um, And then you have, you have guys who know what their roles are, right? Like that's what good teams have. And, and, you know, if you have a coach who knows how to use people and understand their role, like that's how you have success. And right. what was nice about that team was, you know, I had, I had role role players who, who were, had, you know, were juniors and seniors and understood their role and had bought into that, that that's what their job is. Right. Um, and sometimes their job isn't to win. I, I, even, even on, on my teams at Howell, I, I have to preach this all the time. Like when, when you're a stud, when you're like the good guy on the team, right? And I had two of them this year, Zach, Zach Pfeiffer and, and Ethan mm-hmm. Green, you know, both yep. runner-ups. And I, I had the speech on my team. It's like when Zach goes out and pins somebody from the other team, you know, he gets, a, he gets an attaboy, and an, but we don't get super excited because that's his job. Mm-hmm. When you're that good, your job is to pin 90% of the guys you wrestle. Right. And beat 96% of the guys you wrestle. Right. And that's, that's not what wins us duels because that wins us one match, right? when Zach goes and pins somebody, that's that was his job. Nicely done way to do your job, but that doesn't win us the duel. Um, It's, it's one of the things I love the most about the sport is the idea that the hero can be anybody, you know, the hero, because when Zach pins a kid who's it's his first year wrestling, that's, that's not impressive. That didn't, that didn't win us the duel. That was you doing your job. When, when my JV first year wrestler goes out and hits, you know, a perfectly executed chicken wing bar arm on top and pins the other team's guy who also should probably be on JV. Right. When you have those matches, like that kid's the hero, right? Right. Like that's the kid who went out and did maybe something that we didn't expect or didn't. and, And, you know, and, that happens. And even, even the other, another thing that, that is one of my favorite things about the sport is that you can lose and be the hero. Right. Right. Like, um, I, I mean, when you watch the team state finals, um, and, you know, it doesn't happen so much in love, but especially in like that four or five matchup, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, the, the teams are having to bump around and, and adjust lineups and there's strategy involved and, and a kid loses a match and, and, and you've seen it happen where the ref raises the wrong kid's hand at the end mm. of the match yeah. because he's reading body language. And the kid that lost by six was the hero. Like, that was his job. He was the hero. And his fans are flipping out, and he's flipping out, and the other kid is sad and angry, even though he won by six, because right. that wasn't either of their jobs. Like, their jobs, that, that good kid, his job was to get a pin. And right. the other kid, his job was – to keep it to a minor. Right. Mm-hmm. And even though he lost, he did his job. And that was one of the things that was great about, about 
my team in 2014 and, 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 you know, all these teams is when you have kids who buy into that, that they like, they understand their job. You know, one of the reasons we beat Bedford that year, I mean, I could talk about my, 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 my I had good kids. I had five kids place at state that year. We, we were good, but the two guys who really did their job um, were two seniors who both lost, but one of them um, got um, tacked by Blake Montry. Mm-hmm. at 152 and that was when Blake won his state title and was you know super super good yeah and you know and he fought, I mean Sam fought off his back he got headlocked like right off the bat and had to fight off his back for the first like minute and a half in the match then he got put to his back later had to fight off his back again and he ends up only getting tacked and right. like there's one we won by three so there's one team point that he he saved us right and then I had another kid who was another senior um, who was going to wrestle against a returning state qualifier who had been injured a little bit for Bedford. So we kind of went in with the strategy of like, Hey, let's, let's kind of weather the storm and keep it close and keep it low scoring and kind of see what happens. And part of that didn't work, but we, we didn't, we didn't give up back points. We didn't give up a lot. And in the third period, like you could tell that that kid had been injured a lot this year and he wasn't, he wasn't in mid season or end of season conditioning. Right. And we started going after and getting takedowns um, in the third period and basically cut in, in one period, cut a nine point lead for the Bedford kid to four mm-hmm. doing takedown, cut him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was, it was that, I mean, there, there's, that's just saved us. You know, he's got a nine point lead starting. They got to be thinking at least a major, mm-hmm. um, if not a tech or a fall. And that would have been the difference like that. That would have cost us the duel. Right. Um, so I, it's, I mean, and even I preach it now to my guys, like we don't, you don't give up majors. You don't win by seven. I yell at my guys all the time. Like the first week of practice, like we, you do not win by seven. If you win by seven, you better have been working your butt off trying to get to eight. Right. Because that's not that that's, what you have to do that's how right. good teams win you got it you and you and i say you don't lose by eight if you lose by eight you better have been flipping out trying to score a point right because i would rather you be down by eight and be going nuts and get launched to your back and lose by 13 mm-hmm. than be down by eight with 10 seconds left and you just sit there and right. take an eight point launch because the team points is, is all the same. And, and there's a lot to say about momentum and duels and how um, that can really change the tide and, and really give your team. It's almost like it's giving your team energy and sucking energy from the other team. So how long have you – so you went from Plymouth and then you transitioned over to Howell and you've been there for, what, four years now? Uh, five. So five I, 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 left, I left Plymouth after the um... – after the 2016 season mm-hmm. um, and, and then, and then came over to Howell, um, which was for a bunch of reasons. I was, I was living in the Howell area. Um, and, and another big one is the, the, the random draw that, that Plymouth does. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to build. It, it's almost impossible to build like a K-12 competitive youth program um, in, in that school district um, because kids in sixth grade get assigned to um, assigned to one of the high schools. So you could have been working with a kid from kindergarten to sixth grade and you've turned him into something special 
And then in sixth grade, he, he draws the other, one of the other two schools and he's gone. Right. Right. So it makes it impossible to build, you know, and we, as wrestling coach, you know, most sports, it doesn't matter because you don't want, you don't need a kid in, in football or basketball until they're a junior or senior. Right. So, you know, but, but in wrestling, there's not very many senior 103 pounders walking around. Like mm-hmm. you need freshmen right. who can step in and, and fill, become an impact player on your varsity. Um, so you know, I, I, I left to try to, to go to a place where I thought I could build, you know, that, that type of a K-12 um, whole program. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole job became available. Um, you know, I had, I had kind of planted a bug in, in Hutch's ear, uh, Dan Hutchison, who was the AD at Howell at the time. Um, he, I, I kind of planted a bug in his ear that like, hey, if, if, you know, if the job ever opened up, I, I would be interested. Um, and, and then the next year the job did open up, um, and I applied and, you know, got hired. Um, and then like two weeks later, Hutch left to go to the MHSAA. Which was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was anyway. So yeah, I've been at Howell, um, which has been a different, a different thing. Howell has a ton of history. Yes, um, uh, like, it, it is a, a pr- it's a very good program. Um, yeah, and, and but but we've 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 fallen on some hard times, um, and and you know in the meanwhile our our two biggest school rivals, um, Brighton and Heartland, mm-hmm. have been Brighton and Heartland for the last you know eight nine years. Well, you know Heartland twenty years, but Brighton right. the last eight years. Right. Um, and so you know it's been. Um, it's, it's still, even though we have all this history, we've been having to do a lot of the same stuff that, that I had to do at Plymouth where, you know, building, trying to get some individual success, uh, converting that into team success. Um, you know, trying to convince them that, you know, there's ways to measure ourselves, not against Heartland and Brighton. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I intentionally really try to schedule, you know, I've, I've tried to schedule duels against the other two schools that border us pinckney and fowlerville because mm-hmm. we we can we can you know as much as like everyone always cares in our in our school right like just walking around the hallways you know when when we go against brighton or we go against heartland in any sport like that's a big deal it's a big rivalry yeah. um and you know but for years like my, my team's not dumb like we know what we're up against um so it's like we've had to we've had to refocus on other things like the bar can't be beat our rivals when our rivals are what you know they've been the last few years now we that we'll we'll see if that that's changed um you know we'll we'll see we're we're getting we're definitely getting better um hopefully we we've we've narrowed that gap a little bit and we'll see what happens this year um but you know it's been a process to to get to that part where we are starting to think we might be competitive with, with like Brighton. Right. And it's nice to set like those, you know, you have your goals and, and, and setting realistic expectations. My last question to you is uh, as a new coach trying to get into, uh, into the game, so to speak, what is your kind of your words of wisdom to go by if they're looking for that success, what should they be doing? So a, a varsity head wrestling coach has to do an insane number of things. 
And I know that like all varsity coaches have things to do, but track wrestling, fundraising, dealing with parents, dealing with school districts, running practices, planning a schedule, scouting opponents, like being a varsity head coach for wrestling is, is a lot. There is a lot to do there. And um, recognize as, as a coach, what ones you're good at and maybe what ones you're not so good at and find people who fill those hats that you don't fill, even if you're okay at them. I mean, a good example is, is running, running the day-to-day practices. I, I can run a fine practice. Like I'm okay at running practice. Um, I've also been lucky enough to find people who do better than me and understanding, like, let, let those people do those things, right? Like if, if you find somebody who's good at fundraising, let them do fundraising. If you find somebody who's good at the discipline part, you know, that's, that's one thing I'm not, I'm not good at the discipline part of, of the job. When, when, you know, kids are acting up or doing something dumb, like I don't do a good job at it. Finding someone who can fill that role and, and, you know, pick up that slack is insanely helpful. Um, and, and kind of being willing to give up some of that, that power and not, you know, not letting ego come into it. You know, it, it's, it, it's a team when you, when you are a coach and you, you kind of get people who, who can help you. Um, it becomes, you know, a, a team effort and um, you need to have people who can do those different, different things. Um, Cause it frees you up to get to do, you know, some of the other things because otherwise you'll make yourself crazy trying to do it all right no well said well said well quinn i appreciate you and everything you're doing and i know that you're can have continued success with the howell highlanders leading them back to the glory and appreciate your friendship as always have a great summer and i know as a teacher you're you're on the long sunday so to speak before you go back <laughs> Yep, yep. We got a few more days left, and then uh, and then we'll be back in class. But thank you for having me on here. I'm, I'm I, I love this podcast, and it you know it's been great listening to different coaches and kind of their philosophies and picking up little things from them here and there. So hope uh, hope some of my stuff can help out some other young coach. Even though I don't think I'm the old coach, but gosh, I, <laughs> I like I'm I'm not, but I am like. I've been doing this will be my 15th year and I'm like, that's insane. I don't feel like I'm an old coach, but yes, yes. you're not, you're not technically old, but, but we are old. We're not in our 20s. Yeah. We're not the young bucks anymore. It's we're yeah. I don't know what it is between old buck and or young buck and grizzled old veteran. I'm I'm whatever that is. It's the midlife crisis of coaching. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Midlife crisis of coaching. All right, Quinn, will you take care? All right. You too. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.